everyone, and welcome to another episode of Monster Mania Radio. We are fresh off of Halloween, the greatest holiday, you know, that we all enjoy celebrating. My name is Rob Dimension. I'm Dave Hagen. I'm Doug Hagen. And David Hagen. Awesome. Now, guys, we are fresh off of Halloween, so I want to hear what everyone did to celebrate. We went trick-or-treating, and we did a trunk and treat with Cub Scouts as well. Oh, you did a trunk and treat. How was that? Uh, it was, it was okay. I mean, you know, a bunch of people show up. So, so give me an idea of like what it is. So like people are basically handing out candy out of the back of their cars. Correct. I mean, you know, we all met up at a, uh, parking lot, you know, everybody, you know, or, you know, for the most part, you know, decorated your vehicle as much as you can decorate it, you know, Mm -hmm. pop the trunk and, uh, you know, just kind of do like a mini trick or treat with, you know, with some friends. I don't. I don't know. Maybe it's me, but I just get like a weird feeling when you tell me people are handing out candy out of their car. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like no vans allowed. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, like what's next? You know. Well, uh, you know, the funny thing is, talking to mom, and she's like, "Yeah, do uh, that junk in the trunk or whatever you're doing." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "Mom, the junk in the trunk is something like way, way different." Uh, she she's so funny, man. Like she confuses <laughs> things. She calls Facebook my face, and she was like, "He said that right on my face," and I'm like, "Oh, oh. my god." It's the combination of MySpace and Facebook. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's a it's always a uh, entertaining conversation. So, Dave, did you do that on Halloween, or was that like uh, like the Saturday before? No, that was actually the uh, Monday night before. The Monday night before. So then, did you guys go out trick or treating also? Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. What did you dress up as? Uh, I dressed up as Flyers Ombre. I had a Flyers wrestling mask uh, from Mexico, oh, I and I it. I put a jersey on, and uh, you know, I for some reason had a Flyers cape that was like a giveaway, so I, I slapped that on too and made it work. Did you have fun? Yeah, yeah. No, it, it's always fun. I mean, I didn't get any candy, but I'll eat kids' candy, so problem solved. <laughs> All right, so uh, so Doug, what did you do? Remember to keep this PG thirteen. Yeah, thanks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I took uh, my two younger boys out. My older boy had high school football practice, so they don't really care about that. And uh, we just went around the town. As I said before, I'm pretty involved in the community through baseball, so I saw a bunch of uh, former players and current players, and I said, "Yo, uh, you got any Reese's in that bag for Coach Doug?" And my kids love me so much, they reached down and threw me some Reese cups. You were a, you wow. were a, a hero. You're and a hero. Sour Patch Kids. Full-size bag. Wow. No good and plenty? Dude, if a kid gave me good and plenty, I'd cut that kid right away. <laughs> You're off <laughs> the no team. Jokes. I don't care. He could be the best player on the team. You're gone, kiddo. Did you have fun? Well, you- yeah, yeah, it's great. I mean, um, you know, I, I usually only see the kids during the season. Uh, and after the season, it, you know, we go on to our many other sports that my kids play. So it's great to see them in costume and, you know, they're running around and half the time, I don't even know who they are. They actually pull up their mask or take off their bandana across their face. If they're a robber, you know, and they say, Hey coach Doug, you know, and you know, I always get a kick out of them and, and bust on them for their costumes and everything. And the parents are always walking around having a good time. So for, for me, my boys and for everyone, it's just a big, uh, extension of the family. So it's a fun time. Awesome. I like hearing that. Were you, were you guys uh, now? Did you guys hand out candy at your house? You and Dave. I do not because we're out 
You're walking out. around. All right. And what about Dave? Do you hand out candy at your house? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm out trick or treating for the most part. So, did um, you guys think you guys were, did you guys, th- like, I, I heard a lot this year before we get to myself and, and, and your dad. Did, did you guys see a lot of trick or treaters out? Do you think there was more or less than last year? Same as last year. About the same. Okay. Yeah. yeah I would, I would say it was probably close to same. Um, my neighborhood's a lot of kids. So, you know, it works out well for us. I uh, I'll, I'll go next, and we'll let your dad go last. I uh, this was our first year here. Uh, we had asked a neighbor about how many trick or treaters do you get. They were like, "Oh, you get a lot." So I was like, "Man, we better." We only had enough for like I think we counted it up, and we had seven hundred pieces to give out. So I was like, "Man, we what if what if we get more?" So we go and grab another two hundred piece, you know, candy bag. So we have nine hundred pieces. So I'm thinking like nine hundred trick or treaters is a lot of trick or treaters. So we get a couple. So your trick or treaters only get like one little piece of candy per per knock on the no, door. No, I mean we'll give out like two or three, but just in case, you know, we start <laughs> off like we'll we'll give a couple. We try to try to judge how many because if you think about it, like that's a lot of candy. It's like uh, I think it was like ninety dollars worth of candy. It was a lot. So uh, we we start out and and you know it was it's not nearly as busy as what we're used to. Uh, Kim and I both dressed up. I dressed up as Barf and she was, um, uh, Princess Vespa and my parents came over and we were handing out candy and stuff. And towards the end of the night, we had this weird, I don't know, I guess it's, maybe it's a Southern thing. I have no idea. So these cars would pull up like these trucks or these vans and these kids would just unload out of the, the, the van and they would all just bum rush your door and ask for, you know, trick or treat or whatever. And a lot of them weren't even dressed, but I, I was just like, fuck, I don't care. You know, like I have all this candy. So I was giving them handfuls at the end of the night just to, to get rid of it. But I would say next year we will buy probably half of the amount and we'll be okay. I mean, our neighborhood was good. We met a lot of our neighbors. Everybody was super nice. Um, it was beautiful down here weather wise. You know, I couldn't have asked for like a better night. It was like perfect. I think it was like 70 degrees. It might have been like almost 80 during the day. And once the sun went down, it went down to like 65 or 70. It was perfect. And uh, we had a lot of fun. We got trick-or-treaters up until like 9.15 probably. Now, what time did it start? Well, we weren't sure about what time that they would start down here because typically it's, you know, when, when it gets dark. That's when it starts. But we noticed that a couple uh, parents were carrying their, were, you know, pulling their kids in, uh, uh, you know, like um, wagon wagons. So and they were little kids and they started at like four forty five, five o'clock. So, you know, it was a little bit earlier than what we were used to. But I mean, we were happy. We just, you know, set up a table out in our driveway and sat out there and just handed out candy all night, which was a, a lot of fun. Uh, it was a good time. You know, I liked it. We, we had, uh, there was a, a couple good costumes that we saw. There was a couple of bad costumes. Um, and then in our development, our development is, I, I, I don't really know how to describe it, but anyway, there's people that ride around on golf carts. So they drive around on golf carts and pa- parents, <laughs> parents were bringing their kids up on golf carts and the kids would get out and then get back in and go to the next house on a golf cart. It was the craziest thing. Yeah. See, I feel like up here, at least it's starting earlier. I know I got done work at four o'clock and on my drive home, as I was going over the bridge, my son was asking me if he could go out with his buddy already. Wow. And, and I'm like, dude, it's not even four thirty, you know, five o'clock yet. So, but, well, they're, but you agree. they're already out. 
But you agree it's it's typically when it gets when it gets dark. I used to agree with you on that. Right. Now it seems like they start at five o'clock, and honestly, my kids were done by seven thirty, eight o'clock, somewhere in that ballpark. I guess it may be the new thing. All right, so Dave, give us uh, give us your lowdown on your new spot. Well, what I did for Halloween, I, I knocked two things off my bucket list. Um, I went to Salem, Massachusetts. Oh, that's for, great. For the weekend, uh, the Friday, Saturday, Sunday before Halloween. Halloween was a Tuesday this year. Um, something I always wanted to do. It was I went, you know, to the witch houses, the witch museum. Uh, all these different things, man. It was awesome. But I'll tell you, it was uh, as we were driving into the town, our first greeting to Massachusetts was a guy rolling down his car window and yelling out, go home, you effing tourists. Wow. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, traffic was crazy. It it They had there's like the main street in Salem that's, you know, it, it's a small street, but it's it's like the main uh the main avenue, I guess, in the town. And what they had done is they had set up like vendor tables uh, along the street. So they blocked the street off for traffic. But, man, it was like a Grand Central Station in there. I mean, it was wall-to-wall people. And as it got later in the day, I got into Salem, I guess it was around 11.30, 12 noon maybe. But as it got closer, as, as soon as it got dark, man, it really, really, really got crowded. Um, but you know, I, I saw a lot of great museums and stores and stuff in Salem, a lot of, uh, a lot of different vendors selling really cool stuff. Um, the end of the night, they had this house of the seven Gables tour where you go through and they basically retell the story of, uh, Nathaniel Hawthorne's house of the seven Gables. And in each room you go in, um, there's a, there's an actor that portrays one of the characters in the novel. And as you go from like room to room, floor to floor, you basically, you know, get the different interpretations of, you know, what happened in a novel and the house itself, man, was just really incredible. It was really, it was a really great experience. Um, but the one thing that I did, which we'll get into a little bit later, I guess more so, um, I uh, they advertised in all the things you could do when you were going to go to Salem, all the different events they had for the weekend. Uh, they listed a seance. Oh, so, man. yeah, man, that sounds so, scary. I'm out already. Not happening. Uh, so I booked that. Like they had different different times of the day uh, through. I think it was Saturday and Sunday. Um, and the the latest one I could get on Friday was four o'clock. I guess the rest were sold out. Um, but, uh, it, it wasn't like, I was expecting horror movie, you know, seance, which is something I've always wanted to attend. You know, like we all sit around a table and our hands touch and the lights go out and there's a candle in the middle of the table and, you know, a medium, you know, contacts or spirit guide and all that kind of stuff. Like I, I thought it was going to be like you see in the movies, um, what it actually turned into was it was more like a like some of these uh, spiritualists you see on or mediums that you see on television uh, where they're up on stage, uh, except in this case it was a room and the seats were like in a semicircle around this table at the front of the room, 
and uh, two different mediums. Um, they explained to us what they were going to do, and they did readings where they contacted maybe four people from the other side. Um, and in the room, it, it, the, it lasted, I think, about 90 minutes. Uh, in the room, there were about 60 people. So only like, you know, five or six people actually had a person on the other side of theirs, you know, contacted. But I was one of them. So uh, like it, it, uh, it was really cool. Like I've had I've been to a spiritualist or had a spiritual uh, encounter or whatever you want to say uh, three different times. Uh, and in each time, uh, my dad comes through. Um, the first time that it ever happened, I thought was pretty real. Uh, this past time supposedly was my father again. Um, some things that were said were spot on, uh, some other things were not even remotely close. So I came away this time not sure uh, whether it was just a hoax or whether, um, you know, it was the real thing. But what was odd about it, uh, at the very end, uh, she said that my father said to me, uh, whatever I do, make sure I sign the contract which was, I thought, like a weird thing for somebody to say to somebody because um, you don't know whether a person, you know, deals with signing contracts or not. And obviously I, I do. And, you know, not to give things away, but, uh, you know, fingers crossed, hopefully we're on the verge of something really big for Monster Mania and I'm waiting for a contract to come through. So it kind of, you know, one thing did play into the other. Um, but... Uh, some of the descriptions she gave of my dad um, wasn't wasn't too accurate. Other descriptions she gave of my dad was really accurate. Um, so coming home from that, I went onto Facebook and I like to, uh, now I really want to know. You know, like I want to know can people really do this or not? So I went on Facebook and I took a picture from what I consider to be a traditional seance type of thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I put on there that, you know, I want to know whether this is really real, you know, whether this really happens or whether it doesn't. So I'm going to, over the course of the next year, I think, I'm going to um, explore some of this and see if I can find somebody that really can do what they claim to do. So, so let me ask you a question. So mm -hmm. are now uh, this is for everybody. Does anybody believe that, you know, it is possible to communicate with the other side before we get into, cause I know at the end, later on, we're going to talk about paranormal, but I'm just curious if anyone, if everybody believes it, I've never had any experience of any kind dealt with anyone, uh, whether it be a paranormal experience, like we're going to talk about later or any kind of tarot card reading or anything. So, I am extremely skeptic of it. Okay. I, I'll say yes, it's possible to communicate, um, but I will say uh, no, that it's it's probably you know a hoax in most settings. Um, you know, because I, I think there's a really good uh, I'm blanking on the name of the Penn and Teller show, but 
um, you know, Penn and Teller being like magicians did like a oh the bullshit show. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yep. exactly what it was, and mm-hmm. it was kind of just like you know where some of like the you know John Edwards or like you know the pre-programmed kind of um, yeah, you know, psychic I saw, I saw events. That. Yeah, and, and and they're just like fishing around for answers, like hey, uh, you know, I'm looking for a John, you know, somebody saying John in the audience, and uh, mm-hmm. you know they they get on somebody and they just like fire at general questions and. Uh, you know, I mean, they're you know, probably like bullshit artists. Yeah. I mean, uh, for myself, I, it freaks me out. Um, I, I guess I believe I'm not really, I don't really, I think that I'm very skeptic. Like, you know, like, like Doug had said that, you know, it's, it's very hard to, I've heard a lot of stories from, you know, even relatives of stuff that's happened to them. And, you know, I, I mean, well, I, I just think anybody trying to make a living off of it is is a little questionable. I, I mean, I agree with that, you know, and, and um, I, I just, you know, it's it's hard for me to to um, because I think that we all want to know what happens after we're done. You know, after we're done, what happens? Are we able to to you know watch over our loved ones? Are we able to you know communicate? What what is you know nobody wants to believe that we just you know we're dead. Nobody wants to believe that. Everybody wants to think, you know, that there's this afterlife, which is, you know, it'd be great if there is. So I think everybody wants to, you know, really get to the bottom of it. So before we get into the paranormal stuff, Dave, I know that while we were away uh, for Halloween, you had made another guest announcement at Monster Mania. Yep. We've actually added a fourth Jason in costume actor. Uh, Ken Kersinger, who, of course, was Jason in Freddy vs. Jason, uh, he's going to do his, uh, you know, duplication of uh, Jason from Freddy vs. Jason in full costume. Uh, we're going to do photo ops with that. So, so, so Dave, now, is, is there a chance that we're going to get all four Jasons together? Uh, I don't think we're going to be able to do that in the same photo op only because of time restraints. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the costumes are very hot, you know, as, as you know, you know, in the stuffy hotel, um, even under the best circumstances in March with, you know, uh, it not being so warm and everything. I just think that the lines for each of the individual Jasons are going to be, you know, decently long. So I think we can probably get three of them together. Um, I think if we get into four or even five. Um, that it's, you know, to ask the first Jason to wait around for an hour to an hour and a half, maybe in costume so we can do all five together. I don't think we're going to be able to do that. I would love to, um, but I don't think, Plus, you know, I, I would think even putting on the costume, you know, some, some are going to take longer than others and it's going to be uncomfortable for those guys to even sit. So yeah. I, I, I totally get what you're say, saying, but, uh, you know, I think we're going to do Steve, CJ, Steve Dash from Jason from Part 2, uh, Kane Hodder from 7 through 10, and um, CJ from Part 6. I think we're going to try to do the three of them together. Uh-huh. Um, and then, you know, we'll do uh, Ken at a different part of the day. And we're actually working on bringing in possibly another uh, Jason in costume. So if we do that, Maybe we'll combine that person with um, with Ken, so we can do like a set of three and then a set of two or something like that. Awesome. So more more to come on that, but uh, that's the situation for right now. That sounds good. 
Sounds great. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's the first time. I don't know if there's ever been more than one Jason in costume ever at a show. Um, and, you know, CJ was the one that contacted me. I had talked to Kane, God, I guess about a year or two years ago and asked him, you know, if he'd be interested in doing that. Um, you know, and he said, yeah, you know, he was planning on doing it for March of this year. CJ, I guess, and him talked about it and then they wanted to do one together. And then, like, you know, things just built on it. You know, Steve Dash was in and now we've got Ken Kersinger. So, you know, th- you know, for sure, we're the first show to ever have four Jasons in costume. Yeah. You know, let a, you know first to have two, I think. But, you know, for sure, the first to have four now. Yeah. And it look, I mean, I think. The, the, like I said, I say this every week, and it's you know it's crazy that we're still so far from March, and you're already building a show that that people are genuinely excited for and can't wait. I see a lot of first timers uh, on Facebook saying that they're going to be coming, what to expect. So I mean, I think it's going to be a fantastic show. Yeah, we've got a we've got a lot of great buzz going on right now. You know, like a, a lot of the. Uh, the higher websites have picked up on the story of us having the Jasons in costume and, you know, some, some of the national horror websites like bloody disgusting and others. Um, you know, so that was nice to see. And, uh, you know, believe me, we're working on some, we're working on another in costume photo op that I can't announce yet. Uh, ideally we're going to do that in March and also in September and for Maryland, but I don't know for sure yet. Uh, just trying to work out the details with the person involved and that'll be, believe me, like when we announce this one, you know, if it does work out, uh, it'll be a great in costume photo op for sure. Doug, how's the, uh, how's the vendors looking? I was going to say, I just did an update right around lunchtime today and it looks like we are at 55% sold for vendors tables. Um, that is by far the largest number ever at this time of the year. Wow. Normally right around Christmas time or shortly after Christmas, like the beginning of the new year, I'm at about 50, 55, and then it really ramps up from that point forward. But, I mean, we are two months, three months ahead at this point. Yeah, that's great. For people that don't know, you can visit monstermania.net. For all your information, make sure you like them on Facebook. And follow along. You can click the little follow button. Make sure you get all the news as soon as it happens. I know I do. And I get a little blurb on my Facebook status that says like, oh, Monster Mania just said this. And, you know, you get the announcements right away. Plus, if you listen to this podcast, you're always going to get the inside scoop whenever we can. So, so far, so good. And uh, does anyone know about the the hotel as far as if they're full or not? I've heard mixed things. I've heard that the hotel was totally sold out. I've had other people tell tell me that they were able to book a room. Um, I'm not sure at this point. I, I would the best thing to do, and like people will will you know email me or 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 uh, Facebook message me or people will tweet me asking uh, if the hotel was sold out. To be honest with you, I don't know. That could change hour to hour. Right. Um, the best thing to do is honestly call the hotel. And plus, you don't work there. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean? you know, and I don't want to say to somebody, yeah, there's rooms available and then find out that, you know, the last room sold 20 minutes ago. You know, right. I, I don't know. So the best thing to do is always contact the hotel. A lot of times they'll put, uh, you know, some rooms, so they'll open up room blocks or whatever hotels do. I, I'm not quite sure. Um, but I've, I've heard both. I've heard that it's sold out 
and I've heard that people were still getting rooms. So if you want a room, I, what I will say, if it's not sold out, trust me, if what if this contract that I'm supposed to sign um, comes through, this hotel is going to be sold out, and every every hotel in Cherry Hill will be sold out. Fantastic. So, uh, I advise you to book your room now. Uh, guys, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to have some horror news, and then we will talk about the paranormal spooky stuff, Doug's favorite. So, so, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Who is this irresistible creature who has an insatiable love for the dead? Okay, guys, welcome back to Monster Mania Radio. As you heard in the last segment, that the convention is looking amazing. So now let's talk, Dave, about some horror news. Well, Rob, horror films continue to dominate at the box office. Uh, Halloween weekend... Lionsgate Jigsaw earned an estimated 16 and a quarter million dollars in its debut weekend. Uh, for the franchise, it was the seventh best opening of their eight films. Only Saw number six debuted lower, but it only had a, a budget of 10 million, so it's already you know six and a quarter million to the good in the opening weekend, which doesn't count you know subsequent weekends and and foreign opening. Uh, this follows Happy Death Day, uh, which was a, uh, a you know the number one film that week. Uh, it's just it's just proving that horror is a staple, um, and it's you know it's week after week after week that horror films you know dominate the box office. Now this weekend will I'm sure will be different with with the debut of uh, Thor, so that will break I oh, guess. Oh, I'm sure. The, yeah. But, I mean, it's still a genre film, you know what I mean? Like, the, the same people that are going to horror films are going to go see Thor, Plus, I think, for the most part. Look at the budget. So, you said the new Saw was $10 million budget. The new yep. Thor was probably, like, $200 million budget. Yeah. It's, it's going to make that back and then some, but the amount of profit that we can see from, from horror, like, obviously, it's not going to be as grand because, let's say, Thor does $600 million. Um, you know, and, and they end up netting 200 million, you know, horror movie that's, it, you know, saw is not going to do that, but potential to lose is much less. You right. Know, I would feel that I would feel much more safer with a $10 million budget than $200 million budget. Right. Because I mean, the week before happy death day, 
you know, that dominated the box office, or maybe it was the week before that even, because yeah. uh, uh, Medea's Boo 2 was the number one movie that weekend. And that probably had um, a low budget. Right. But the Happy Death Day was, they called it a micro budget. Right. And, and that outsold the new Blade Runner movie that had a huge budget. Right. Uh, and, and, and was on more screens, I think. Yeah. And in this weekend, the Jigsaw ruled the roost. Uh, there was that uh, movie Suburbicon. I don't know what the what the total budget for that film was, but that was an expensive film. And that didn't even like finish in the top three, I don't think. Anybody see Geostorm? Not a chance. No. <laughs> I can't that's help but want to see it. I want to see it. I'm not. Yeah, gonna... that's all you, buddy. <laughs> I can't. I can't wait to see it because you just know it's. Uh, well, that's got to be a movie too. That the budget was probably higher, and that's never going to make back its budget. I just. I don't. No. I don't see it making it. Back. Maybe it will. You know. I, I don't know. I don't follow the budget thing too closely. Um, I kind of just see what I want to see if it's good or not. You know. You know, great, but uh, I. I I don't know. I, and and I don't know what they consider a micro budget. I mean, 10 million is pretty cheap. So, you know, I don't know if Saw was if they were planning on releasing it in theaters, which makes me wonder if it was if they just looked at the schedule and saw that there wasn't really much horror around that and thought they would take advantage of it because No, uh, I I th- I think they they did that. I mean, they opened it on the weekend that they always open it. They usually open uh, I think they open the films on Halloween and then they come out on DVD or Blu-ray around um, Valentine's Day. Like okay. I think that's that's been their mo for most of the films. Probably not the first one and maybe not the second one, but I think you know subsequent films after that. Uh, that was pretty much what they were doing. They were coming out around Halloween and then they, they were coming out, you know, for mass distribution uh, on Valentine's Day because I can remember. Uh, we did our when we did the Saw reunion convention. We actually did that in February to celebrate the release in, around the Valentine's Day uh, release of whatever one it was at that time, five or whatever, four maybe. Um, so next on the horror news, uh, because of the success of it, Paramount has decided to uh, do a remake of another Stephen King project. This one is Pet Cemetery. Uh, the two directors of a indie horror film from ni- from 2014 called Starry Eyes. Their names are Kevin Kolsch and Dennis Widmeyer. They've been tapped to direct it, and it's uh, their film. Apparently, their film Starry Eyes was very popular, and it was partly funded by a successful Kickstarter campaign. Yeah, I saw I it. It was re- on uh, it was on Netflix, I think, for a little bit, or it might still okay. be. It's um. It's more of like an artsy kind of film, I think, is, would be a good way to explain it. I, I, it's very clean. It's a very clean horror film. I actually watched it when it came out. Uh, I don't remember too much about it because it has been a few years. Um, but it was really popular with you know um, the horror crowd. That was one of the better ones that year. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a, um, you know, a girl, an actress that gets uh, brought in by like a satanic cult and gets – you know, either like, like possessed or like, you know, gives birth to like a, you know, the spawn of Satan or like something like that. Or I, I think maybe she becomes like, like the vessel for Satan or like, you know, a, a demonic force. And that was like, uh, it was shot really, really well. Right. If I remember right, it was like, it, kind it, of it, looked, it looked very professional. Right. Yeah. 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 I, I, I wouldn't consider it like 
you know, it didn't look like something somebody filmed in their backyard or anything like that, you know, but I mean, it, it was, it, it was solid. Yeah. Uh, next up on the horror news, speaking of either remakes or sequels or prequels, uh, it has been announced that Rob Zombie is officially working on what is quoted to be the follow-up to his breakthrough indie horror film, The Devil's Rejects, which was released back in 2005. I can't believe it's been that long. Me neither. Uh, but they're saying that the wording, uh, calling it a follow-up, is intentionally ambiguous uh, because, as everyone knows, no spoiler intended, uh, people did not, the Firefly family did not survive the end of the movie. So uh, people are surmising that this is a prequel or something like that along the lines. Yeah, I've seen a lot of talk about it. Uh, I've kind of known about this for a while. Like, I... Couldn't say anything, but I mean, anybody that's seen the beard that uh, Bill Mosley's been growing for a while now, um, you know, he was growing that for this film. Uh, and uh, if, at one point, I thought he might even be filming during our last uh, convention, but that didn't turn out to be the case. But I don't have a release date or anything on it, but Rob Zombie fans and Devil's Rejects fans are really excited to find out that uh, they're getting the gang back together again. Man, I saw so much hate about Rob Zombie over Halloween. Holy mackerel. That that shit yeah. it just ne- it never it never goes away. Never goes away. Now, do you think it's because of the announcement of the release of the uh, the next Halloween film? I don't know, man. Like I put up a post that said my my uh, I I actually changed like every year it seems to change i rank the halloween movies but i only ranked the top three so i had the original halloween and then i'm kind of grown tired and i mean i'm sure people will say like how can you grow tired of some of them but originally i had liked uh h2o as my second one and then i kind of grew tired of that and i i've watched halloween 2 so many times that i actually avoid it now whenever i see it on so what you're going to tell me is that Halloween 5 is the second best Halloween oh, film? That's the worst. When people talk to me about the worst, I actually really like Rob Zombie's Halloween. That's my that's number two right now for me. I watch it. I've watched it a lot. And then I like the producer's cut is, is number three for me. Because I think that like, I don't know, maybe it's fresh stuff or you know what I mean? Like it's it's fresh. When, when the, I, pr- the producer's cut of Halloween 6, you mean? Right, yeah. When we talked, we talked around Halloween. We talked, I think, on Halloween. And uh, and I was telling you, like I said, like look, like you know, Halloween five and Halloween eight don't even exist in my world. Like I want to throw the Blu-rays out in the street, right? And then I said, Halloween three, as much love as it is, it's only called Season of the Witch. It's not Halloween three because it has nothing to do with you know anything else. And if people say like, oh well, you know they're they're throwing away they're throwing away so much continuity. Okay, so let's say in Halloween 3's world that Halloween 1 and 2 existed. I can tell you right away that it didn't because there's a commercial for the movie Halloween during Halloween 3. So that shows that 1 and 2 are fictitious, which means they never happened. So if you talk about a storyline that's all out of whack, that's all out of whack. So I did a lot of thinking about Halloween, but I saw so much hate for Rob Zombie, and I really like Rob Zombie. Lords of Salem, to me, is his best movie. If it, you know, it's, it's not... The dialogue isn't great, but I feel like it's shot so well and it's so vivid and odd and strange 
that it's almost like it's a better silent movie, if that makes any sense. Like I sometimes will watch it with the with his commentary on, and I just fall in love with that movie because it's so good. But as far as Halloween goes, it doesn't change the original. It doesn't change anything. Those movies are still intact. I get I, I can't help but get hung up when people freak out about how oh it just ruined the franchise. I'm like, that ruined the franchise? What about five and eight? That shit ruined the franchise. You know, and to be honest, I don't even really like four that much. So I'm serious. You know, Holy God. Oh, dude. Like, well, it's because AMC ran Halloween for like two days straight, right? So in my yeah. house, that's all I had on. So the more that I'm watching it, the more I'm getting pissed. I'm getting pissed off about five because as soon as she says, let me, and he's crying, I'm just like, I'm like, you're fucking telling me that Rob Zombie ruined it? Like, get out of here. Anyway, Why don't you just change the channel? I just can't do it, dude. It's Halloween. It's like <laughs> he you has know, to torture himself. I, it's like I, it's, there's I a do. million other channels. Just flick a damn well, channel. Wait a second. Now you have, are all of a sudden now starting to watch more horror. Now you watch They Live. Did you have something to say about that? Uh, it was They Bore. They Bore. They Bore. <sighs> Man, I don't know. I have to disagree. So, with like, you. look, all right, and I know people are gonna hate it, and it's all good. Uh, well, Roddy it's your Piper. Opinion. It's your opinion. Roddy Piper was awesome. But I just felt like it was a really slow and drawn out, almost version of Predator. It was just so boring. Version of Predator? What? Yeah, like I don't consider it horror. First of all, okay. There's uh, science. There's science no fiction. way that's a horror movie. Sci-fi. All right, I I would agree with that. That's I about the only thing he said. That all I right. Agree. <laughs> so then they're How aliens. about the fight scene? What fight the scene? The suplex in the in the suplex. Oh, come and on. Stuff in, the, in the alleyway. Yeah, dude. If I want to watch Roddy Piper fight, I'm gonna put on some old Hulk Hogan videos where he's fighting Hogan. Oh my god. Yeah, not good. Ah, <laughs> uh, the whole. He's I'm telling you, glass. he's fighting a guy to put on a pair of sunglasses. It's the most idiotic thing I've ever seen. The opinions, oh, expre- on. the opinions <laughs> expressed on this podcast are Doug's only. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm just yeah. saying, like, I, I'm, you were definitely found on a doorstep, dude. He's. Fist fighting and hitting the guy with a two by four over sunglasses. And then he breaks the back window of a car that's not even his car and apologizes for it. I didn't I was like, wait, did that guy drive that car? No, he's homeless. What the hell? Why would you apologize for breaking the back windshield of someone else's car? <laughs> it just oh my god. It was boring to say the least. Wow. And then it finally got good, but I was like, Man, it's like 35 minutes of just straight boredom. I used to watch that movie so many times. It's crazy. I can see why you would hate it now because I, I don't boring. hate it. I just watched it the other day. It was on the other morning and I got caught up and watched it. You're lying. You just texted me and said you hated it, but you don't want to admit it. <laughs> Definitely did not like, do that. You're such a miserable bastard right now, hating all these horror movies. You're like, I don't want to admit that I hated <laughs> I would they tell live. you if it's I hated boring. it, but I did. I like They Live. It's really good. I think I like that movie a lot. Look, I, I liked Piper, um, and I have to admit, when he came to Monster Mania the first time, we had the uh, the comedy club was still there, the smaller room, yeah. and we've talked about this before, how we've branched out and just taken over the entire hotel. The smaller room over by the elevators used to be a comedy club, and they would still run comedy shows on the Saturday of the convention, and I ended up going one year, and Piper happened to jump on stage. And he did maybe like a 10 or 15 minute set, nothing crazy long, but he jumped in like right before the headliner and he was very funny. His personality was great. 
uh, which I think, you know, is all part of the WWF at the time and the way you hype things up. And, you know, I think they're all great on the spot actors. So he was funny as hell. And I left that appreciating him more than I did for the wrestling. And, you know, Dave and I grew up in what I think was like the ultimate era of wrestling, the eighties with Hogan and, and everyone. Um, and Piper was obviously a huge part of that. Yeah. Dad, like macho man. It's garbage. A lot. Anyway. Yeah. Dad always wanted to be macho man, but he can't. Not a fan. (laughs) He had that mullet going just like him. Oh, come on. Um, I I can still snap into a slim Jim. but I I got it. I got it. That's the only thing you could snap. (laughs) (laughs) In talking about Piper, Piper, Piper's agent came up to me at the at on the Sunday of the first time he was at a convention with us, and he said, uh, "Roddy wants to see you up in his room." And I'm like, "Ah, oh, shit! What is this? That's never good um, when a when a star wants you to see him up in their room. It's usually they're going to complain about something, or they're going to say that they didn't get the money that they were supposed to get, or you know, some nonsense." Um, so I'm like, you know, I said, oh, what is it? What is it? And he goes, no, he goes, oh, no, it's okay. He goes, Piper just wants to see you up in his room. And I'm like, so I go up and, you know, I knock on the door and or, and uh, his agent, I think, takes me in. And I'm thinking, oh, man, what's this going to be? First star to ever, he hands me a beer, pops it open, hands me a beer, says, here, have a drink with me. And he says, I just wanted to thank you for bringing me to the show. I had a really good time. I think it might have been his first horror convention. I'm not sure. Um, but he was saying like, you know, how much he enjoyed meeting the fans and how it, you know, it was a well-run, it was a well-run event and, but yet like fun and all those things. Like uh, he was the first star to ever do that. And I will never, never, never forget that. And whenever I see pictures of Roddy or whenever, you know, people start talking about him or whatever, uh, I can tell you, man, from behind the scenes, you know, however his character was in wrestling and stuff and like, I know he was over the top, you know, in some cases, uh, but man, a, a, a stand-up guy. I can't say enough about him. Total respect for the way he handled himself with the fans, and you know, to bring me up to the room and you know, share the beer. Uh, it's something I'll always, always remember. So, Rob, do you think it's a party fail that Dad didn't invite Dave or I up for that meeting? Yeah, it's messed up. Yo, I didn't get that invite either. I, <laughs> you know what I mean? What's the deal? I didn't know what it was going to be, to be honest. I thought it was going to be something. Well, you know bad. you would have needed backup. You can't handle nobody, especially Piper. <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't have done anything. I just would have stopped. No, not at all. <laughs> I, 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 I've seen you in, in no action before. <laughs> I would have done nothing. Rob gets no action. <laughs> all right, so back to horror news because I, I can't take Doug yelling about – they live. I can't deal with it. It's too much. Well, going back, jumping back to the Halloween thing for a second. Um, two things on that. First, uh, you, you know that John Carpenter has come out and said this new Halloween film uh, is going to be the last in the series. Um, your thoughts on that, Rob? Someone had posted that on my wall uh, on Facebook, and I said the same thing, and I talked to you about it. Look, it, it, first of all, John Carpenter doesn't own Halloween. He doesn't. So it's it's owned by, you know, the Akkads. Mm-hmm. And, um, Frankish films. Yeah, they're going to continue to make movies if this is – if this – if the budget for this – let's say the budget for this is $25 million, okay? Because they have Jamie Lee Curtis involved and, and we're going to assume that she's, you know, that she's going to pump up the, the budget. I don't know. Maybe, maybe she won't. But so – 
let's say it, it costs $25 million and it makes $100 million. Are you going to tell me that that well is dry? There's Absolutely no way. Absolutely not. No way. No way. No nope. Bone dry. Yeah, you're crazy. Dude, you know, <laughs> you're crazy. Regardless like, like, of what they like do. Like you said, John Carpenter is not in control of that. Like, no. you know, maybe it's the last time he'll be involved. Right. Like, you know, he can control that. But there is no way if this movie makes, you know, decent money. There's no way it's the last in the line. We all it, thought that I, we all thought that uh, a Halloween uh the H2O was the end, remember? We all yeah. thought that. And then they come up with even Yogi's upset. And then they come back with <laughs> uh you know, oh well she, he switched, you know, he crushed his windpipe and you know, switched out with the the uh the ambulance driver. So there's a, there's a million loopholes. And not only that, but they could branch off on on something else. Or I saw that Daniel Harris tweeted that she was upset that they didn't that there's no continuation for the Rob Zombie uh, storyline. So there's still potential for that down the line. I mean, there's a million avenues that they could go. Do they should they go that way? It all depends on how this next movie is. If this movie's amazing and they kill off Michael Myers, which we're going to assume that they're going to, uh, if he's saying it's the last movie, well, what do you do? Okay, well now you've got to do something else. You know, and I know there's a lot of scripts out there for for Halloween's. You know, I don't know what they're doing for this one because uh, the script, from what I understand, is is pretty tight knit where you're not able to find it. But I found a, I know people that I've gotten other scripts from, and some of the scripts are pretty good, man. So there's a a bunch of potential for it. So I would not say that this is the last. You know, there's just no way. I just don't buy it because they're bringing back. Uh, I just saw that the Mel Gibson and Danny Glover are doing another Lethal Weapon. Yeah, but really. That's- so much better than Halloween. Oh, dude, what are you doing? You are the hate mail is going to come streaming in. Yo, for real, Lethal Weapon, fantastic. The second one when he's stuck on the toilet and he's got to jump into the tub with that Mel was, Gibson. That was funny, dude. That's what's that's the best? What's, right what's there. the best Lethal Weapon? Um, probably second one. All right, cool. All right, yeah, I would say that. Lethal Weapon three is that is that the one with Leo Getz? Uh, I think Leo Getz starts in the second one, doesn't he? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I like that one. They're good. And and Rene Russo, is she in part two or is she in part three? Whatever you want, Leo Getz. I like it. He's the man. I think she was part three. Yeah, yeah. Two and three weren't bad even. That's, I mean, it's not, and I heard the TV series is great, which, you know, maybe, uh, you know, was spawning this interest to have a new run at it. And maybe the guys from the TV show will be in it. I don't know. Uh, There's absolutely no way. Even if it doesn't make money, there'll be another Halloween. And there'll be another one after that, and another one after that. Uh, it's it's just it's all going to depend on you know which avenue they decide they want to take. This one is a sequel direct to the first one, eliminating all the other ones. The Rob Zombie ones were, you know, their own identity. Yep. Um, they could come back with a film that picks up where Resurrection left off. Oh. Um, you know. But, but, I mean, that's still supposedly the same, you know, up, up till the Rob Zombie ones, Resurrection was a continuation of, of the series. I mean, they could continue from that point. There's a million different things they could do. One thing I'd like to ask, uh, you know, the opinion of you guys, when Halloween 3 came out, the original idea was to come out with a new type of Halloween film every Halloween season, but have it would be its own horror story, but not so much a Michael Myers Halloween. Do you think it's time 
for, I guess, a sequel to Halloween 3, where uh, maybe not a direct sequel to the mask story, although that could be done too, but like, is it time to come out with a new Halloween series of films every Halloween, like the original idea for 3 was intended to be? I, I do like, I, I really enjoy Halloween 3, so it would be interesting to see that. Although, I mean, you could really slap the Halloween name on any horror movie by by that stretch of the means. You know, any horror movie revolved around, you know, the holiday of Halloween. So I'd, I would just stay away from it and just, you know, keep Halloween, Michael Myers. Um, you know, because I think Halloween 3 gets enough hate as it is. Um, you know, but but falsely so just because it's titled a Halloween right. movie and not, you know, it doesn't stand on its own two legs somewhat. Right. But see, I, th- I think it got a lot of hate when it came out um, because of the, you know, people were expecting to see, you know, the shape again. Uh, I think as time has gone on, I think there's been a new uh, appreciation of 100%. Halloween three. I, no, uh, I, I agree, but I think, you know, all of us would, would agree that it's probably better served not being a, you know, Halloween franchise movie. Right. Yeah. I you think know, that it, it's got that stigmatism of being a Halloween that's not a Halloween. Because when you think of Halloween, you think of Michael Myers. So I don't know if I mean there's gonna if I think if if companies were smart like they did this year, they would make sure that there's an abundance of horror movies in theaters at Halloween. People want to go to the movies and see horror movies. I'm surprised there hasn't been a follow up to Trick or Treat. I think that was pretty well received. That was that's another movie I think that was slow in the beginning, but is gotten such a big fan following and i had heard that they were working on something but i don't i don't know whatever happened to that and that was developed from a short film so you know i think that there's a lot of potential for that the sam character my wife collects the sam character and i have like a friggin' half a room full of sam shit so um i think that there's a lot of potential for it and i think well, that you what's definitely... the other half of the room uh, dean kane <laughs> uh no it's just it's like dvds and stuff but the same stuff she just got a 15 inch sam the other day like what do you need with that the release date for it too uh has come about it the sequel to it chapter one the losers club will arrive in theaters on september 6th 2019 so we only have two years to wait for the sequel to it uh and last on horror news um I almost hesitate to re- to report this, but I will. Um, there is supposedly a new George Romero project in the works. Uh, essentially, um, he had intended to uh, attend a film festival called the Fantasia International Film Festival, uh, where apparently, I guess, you pitch uh, movie ideas and you try to find funding for it. Uh, He's apparently he had apparently worked on a script with uh, his frequent collaborator Matt Bierman, uh, who and the the film is intended to be called Road of the Dead. Uh, the storyline I think is a little bit odd. It's basically uh, zombies. Uh, was it undead race car drivers competing for the entertainment of rich humans in the post-apocalyptic wasteland? Um, uh, they actually have like a poster designed for it, and uh, Matt Bierman is um, pretty much they're they're they feel pretty certain that because of uh, Romero's death has reinvigorated interest in everything that's 
related to Romero. They think that he will get the funding for this movie and that they also have four other scripts that Romero had wanted to develop into films. So I don't know if Road of the Dead is really going to come about. Sounds like uh, Death Race. Remember the old Death Race movie? Yeah, yeah. but Which was a great movie, by the way. Oh, absolutely. Um, But in Death Race, they weren't zombies driving a car. No, even though Frankenstein was a mess. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. We'll see how that goes. All right, so Dave, let's get to some paranormal stuff. Uh, You have a story for us? Uh, Yeah, Rob, I do, actually. Uh, You know, I've always been interested in the paranormal as as a kid all the way through. Um, God, I guess it's about 15 years ago now. Um, I wanted to, I saw all the, before these television shows about the ghost hunters and all that kind of stuff. Like I, I wanted to go on a ghost hunting expedition, but I wanted to go on one that was purely scientific. I didn't want one that was related to any kind of religion or any kind of like interpretation of things. Like I wanted it to be purely scientific, yes or no, black or white, you know, that type of thing. So uh, I was in a library in Deptford, and I saw that they were taking, uh, I guess, uh, volunteers or recruits for uh, a, a ghost hunting club that was in South Jersey. So I thought, you know, they had all these different pictures up, and, and they had a, a sign-up list, I think, so... You know, I signed up for it, uh, met up with uh, the people on, on, you know, they gave you a certain uh, place to meet. And uh, they decided that uh, one of the most frequent places that they always took the ghost hunting expeditions was a town in South Jersey called Batstow, which is apparently like a really, really old town in Jersey, uh, pre-Revolutionary War it's actually the town, if you've heard of the New Jersey Devil, uh, and I'll try to keep this brief, the, the New Jersey Devil story is the seventh son of a woman in the Leeds family. Yes. Uh, it turns out the Leeds family was a real family. They lived in Batstow, and when we got to the cemetery, they actually showed us the tombstones of the uh, Leeds family. Wow. Um, yeah. But the, the thing I didn't like about it, it started off, I guess there was a group of, I guess they divided us into two groups. Uh, I would say probably maybe 20 people each group. Uh, and half of each group were first timers like myself. And the thing that turned me off right from the get go, it started out with a prayer to St. Michael and how uh, demons attached themselves to dead bodies. And we had to pray to St. Michael to protect us from the demons. And I'm like, God, Jesus, you know, like this is already in the first five minutes, I decided this is going to be my first and last time with this group. Cause so wait, you, are, not- you were already thinking to yourself, like this is bullshit. Uh, it, I, I didn't know bullshit was the right thing. It, it just like, I don't want to judge it. Like, I just thought this isn't what I signed up for. Like I wanted a scientific approach to this. It's already t- taken on a religious approach and that's not what I was looking for. Um, so I knew I was going to stick out the night, but I knew that this was going to be my first and last time with this group. Um, but I, I kind of bonded, I guess, with this one guy that was into, he was, I guess, the tech guy of the group. 
he was he was the one with the video camera and he was recording the sounds of what was going on and all that type of thing. So, you know, him and I just naturally seemed to to hit it off. So I kind of like, you know, was talking to him and, you know, was I wound up in his group and they showed us how to use, you know, the uh, temperature meters. I don't even know what these things are called. Uh, you know, ghost hunting people know all these things by heart, but I don't. Uh, they had these these meters that would measure temperature. They had um, we, we were supposed to bring a tape recorder, a voice recorder, so we could record uh, EVPs, which were uh, the dead speaking to us. Uh, the leader of the group would ask a question, you know, supposedly to the dead people, and they were. It, it, we might not hear them reply, but if you played back the tape, you might hear it. Right. So. Uh, there were some people that I thought were grandstanding. Um, we were going through the cemetery, and the cemetery has a church connected to it. Uh, but there were people that I thought, like, the, there were new newbies that I thought were, like, just trying to say they saw stuff just to, you know, draw attention to themselves. Like, one woman was saying, oh, I see a figure over there. Do you see it? And like, I didn't see shit. So I'm like, man, you know, this is just not for me. So we're at the very end of the thing. It lasted a few hours. And there was this path that was alongside the church. And it, it wasn't like it didn't really lead to anywhere. It was just, you know, like a, a, a pathway along the side of the church. So while everybody was doing the cemetery and exploring all around, a small group of us decided to go down the side path of this church. So I was the second last person. And I was walking in front of the guy that was recording everything. He was last because he wanted to record everything that was in front of him. So we're walking along this path, and it's really narrow. It was probably no more than three feet wide. Uh, maybe a little bit more, but not much more than that. Um, and as we're walking down, this one girl saying she sees uh, red eyes in front of her, and I'm like, I don't see nothing. So I feel this finger... It was absolutely definitely a finger. I feel this finger poke me in the side, like probably uh, as deep as the the middle knuckle on your finger. I thought, so I immediately, it poked me in the left side. So I immediately moved to my right. I assumed that it was the, the film guy that was like poking me to get around me, but he didn't want to say anything because he was recording the sound or filming or whatever. Right. So I stepped to the side and turned to, to watch him pass me, and he's like 10 feet behind me. So I say to him, did you just poke me? And he's like, no, no, I didn't. I said, I'm, I said, dude, I'm telling you, a finger poked me in the side, absolutely, positively, no question about it. It was like the Pillsbury Doughboy kind of thing. So like, it wasn't a stick or anything, like it wasn't a, a branch of a tree or anything. No, it was it was a finger that poked me in the side, poked me in and pulled out like just like the Pillsbury Doughboy commercial where they poke him in the stomach. Yeah. Except he he giggled. I didn't giggle. Um, but I'm telling you, man, it was 100 uh, percent. I went to this ghost expedition to find proof of it. And I was turned off by the whole approach and I just thought it was a complete waste of time. And at the very end of it, I got exactly what I was looking for. I'm telling you, it was a poke by a finger 
There was nobody near me, and I, to my dying day, I know it was it was a finger that poked me in the side, without any doubt whatsoever. So you left there thinking that that the paranormal exists. Yes. Do you think that people? So you said some of what you thought were grandstanding. So you, you, when the girl was like, "Oh, I see red eyes," which would have freaked me out, but you just thought to yourself, "Like this girl's just making it up or exaggerating." Yes. So did you see anything else other than the poke? No. On that, nothing else on the whole experience that made you buy it except for the poke. Right. Nothing at all. But the poke was so deep into my side and it was so much definitely a finger mm-hmm. uh, that I don't have any doubt whatsoever. I I left there finding what I came to find. Whether, you know, uh, I could have an experience or or whether anything existed. I don't know what it was that poked me, but somebody, something, absolutely, definitely, positively, 110% poked me in the side. I I am 100% certain of it. So when you got in your car and you're thinking about it, like what's going through your head? Uh, That I got exactly what I came for. Crazy. And and I and I, I never went back. And they actually I don't know if they still have it listed on their website. Uh, the one thing I didn't like there was there was a lot of uh, there was there was like two factions within the group that um, that were fighting to take over the running of the group. I guess you'd say um, there was a lot of drama. Like we all went to a, a diner afterwards, and I really got along with a number of the people. Uh, you know, and they were you know, sharing EVP stories with me and telling me how, like, you know, they really definitely recorded uh, voices and stuff. I mean, it, it would have been fascinating to follow up to continue talking with those people. But there was, like, a lot of drama within the group. And I just, and, and the whole religious thing, like, it, it just, it was too much not what I wanted to be part of. Um, so, you know, I, I let it go with the, with the one and only experience. But I, I got what I came for. You know, I wanted to know, whether I could really experience anything, see something, hear something, feel something, I did. Would you, do, see would you do it again? Uh, you know, I was actually thinking of getting a group of people together to do it again, but do it what I consider to be the right way, mm-hmm. without any <laughs> without any religious overtones. Uh, Doug just laughs. I love it. <laughs> yeah, no. Rob, there's two ways. There's the wrong way, and there's the game. <laughs> I know all about it, <laughs> and. My God, those people, they don't know what they're signing up for. They're going to be like, screw this, we quit. I it's guess, so hurtful, Rob. It's so hurtful. It's, it's not nice. What did, now, um, was there like redness around the area or anything? I know that, you know, if you ever see something where the people say like, oh, something scratched me or whatever, then there's like these huge scratches on their back or, or whatever, you know, when they feel like they've been touched by a demon or, or whatever, you know, that there was some sort of, you know, red mark or anything did you have any of that well no. rob i think it was just the tip so it wasn't enough to cause <laughs> any like major damage. well i'll tell you i'll tell you something weird uh later i had surgery in that exact spot wow that is and, weird yeah and it changed my life forever hmm. yeah I, I i remember i could tell that you believed because we had gotten uh, I had gotten real sick and you had said like, did you bring anything into your house from like a thrift store? And, uh, 
and I was like, "No, well, you, you said you had seen a, a figure on your steps." Yeah, this wasn't this isn't the story that I was going to tell, but I, I it it had been like at, at our old house at the top of the steps. I heard something downstairs, and I got up and I I checked it out. And when I came around the corner, I swear on everything that I that I could swear on that there was someone crouched down on the steps. And because it took me back for a second thinking that it was a person. And when I went to flick the lights, there was nobody there. And uh, I had freaked out, you know, and I and then I'd gotten real sick afterwards. And you had said like, oh, did you bring anything in? And at the time, we were doing a movie and we went to a thrift store and we had bought like a whole bunch of stuff from a from a thrift store. And you were like, which movie? It. Which movie was that, Ron? It would have been two years ago, so probably Mortimer Tremblay, probably, or maybe something. No, I don't. Maybe uh, what, some, what was after Baggage? Well, I mean, I, I it was uh, well, we did this one called Boob Tube that's on YouTube, and it's a free movie, and we had redone our basement to look like an apartment. So that probably was it. But it was, uh, it's not a not a good movie. <laughs> it was us trying to mess around on the weekend to see what we could what we could make. So, you know, now with moving, we didn't bring any of that stuff with us. You know, it's all gone, all that all that stuff because we had, you know, redone our whole basement to make it look like it like a like someone's apartment. But yeah, anyway. All right, so my story's not uh not paranormal. No, uh, but it's X-Files. All right, so X-Files. So, uh this is uh, this goes back like 20 years. And I don't like telling the story because when I tell it people are like it's bullshit. Um, but it's not. Uh, and, and my wife and I were the only, and she won't talk about it because I, I think she's afraid that people will say like, you're lying or you're fucking weird or whatever, but it's the truth. So, uh, we had, we were living in Reno at the time. Uh, I had gotten done work and she was with me and we were coming back. Now it's a, a, a valley called Washoe Valley that you go through and it's very dark and there's no light. There's not really money lights or anything like that. And there's not a lot of traffic at night. Um, you know, it kind of sits like at the top of the hill is Lake Tahoe. And then, you know, there's a mountain they call Slide Mountain where part of the mountain actually gave way. Uh, and you go through that area. Well, my wife and I, we were driving and uh, it's it's probably like 11 o'clock at night. There's no traffic out there or anything else. There's nothing else on the road. I remember that we I, we, I was driving and all of a sudden out of nowhere, this enormous light, like a huge spotlight came down on our car. And I remember wow. I, I swerved a little bit and I said, what the, the hell is that? And I went to look up and you couldn't even look up because it was so bright. And uh, I started to slow. As soon as I slowed down, it was gone. So it like it hit our car, spotlight. I slowed down because I didn't know what it was. I thought maybe it was a cop helicopter, but you didn't hear anything. Like you would hear something. I didn't hear anything and it was pitch black out. There's no other explanation for it besides the fact that it had to be something different. And it's in Nevada, so it's possible because I know Nevada has, you know, a lot of, of extraterrestrial type things. Hits our car, it's gone. I mean, when I tell you gone, I mean like someone shut the light off and there was nothing above us. I literally pulled over and we were like, what the hell was that? We couldn't figure out what it was. There was nothing around, nobody. It, the first thing you think of when someone says, oh, I, they, I saw a UFO, you go, yeah, okay, sure you did. But until it happens to you, I didn't see it. You know, I, like, I didn't see anything. All I saw was a bright light. But where does it come from if it's pitch black outside? You know, yeah. there's, there's no spotlight. There's no, um, you know, light from the street or anything else like that. It was an enormous spotlight just on our car. Did you lose <laughs> any time or no? 
I don't think so. No. I mean, they, they could have, like, taken you up in a beam of light and anal probed you and then put you back in. <laughs> I, I doubt it, but... <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I don't... I mean, it just felt like... Did your car lose any power? Nope. Oh, okay. Nope. I just... I mean, it could have, but I was slowing down. It wasn't like... I mean, when you're when it hits you, you're just like, "What the hell is that?" Like, and you swerve because it's out of nowhere. And then I slowed down, you know, and, and I was thinking like, "We're trying to look up, but you couldn't look up to see anything because you're in, you know, you're in a car. You can't look up." That that's really weird. I mean, like I have, you know, you, there's the movie. What was a fire in the sky? We yeah. had some of the stars from, you know, a lot of it resonates with you know claims that people have made. With usually they lose time and their their car, you know. The, the car loses power and stuff like that. So, but I mean, there's so many of those stories that, uh, you know, there's gotta be something to them. Like everybody can't be making that stuff. Up. That's, that's what, I, that's what I always say. How, how can everyone describe what they see? You know, even if it's kids, how can kids describe what they see as the same as everybody else? Yeah. You know, it, not everybody knows about the grays. A lot of people do, but not everybody. Yeah. It's the same thing, you know, going back to the psychic stuff, you know, I mean, as Dave said, you know, immediately when people are making a living off of it, it's like anything else. It's like the Halloween movies. You know what I mean? Like, you know, is there going to be another movie after this next Halloween movie? Of course there is. Trankus wants to make money, you know, so, you know, do these mediums that collect money for, you know, having you speak to, you know, your dearly departed loved ones, you know. It, it, are they in a business? And of course, if they think that they hit on something, you know, they'll get more income. Of course they do. You know, so 95% of them, just as 95% of the UFO stories and all that, like, may, you know, I'll go as high as 95%. Probably 95% of that stuff is is fake. Not true, made up, deceiving, whatever you want to say. Intentionally deceiving. But taking out 95% of it, there's still so much of it that even 5% of it, it, you know, it has to be relating to something. You know, like with the UFO stories, there's astronauts that have seen stuff. There are, you know, pilots that have been flying for years that report seeing things. You know what I mean? Like there's, you know, I, I love, I know Dave watches them too on, on Netflix and stuff. Well, you know, these UFO documentaries and stuff like that. I mean, uh, if 95% of it is true, is fake, the 5% that's true is still an enormous amount. Sure. Uh, I'm an ancient alien fan myself. Is that, that's a, is that on Netflix? Probably. I just watched <laughs> a documentary not too long ago about a guy that had, had said, you know, a lot of stuff about UFOs. And you're right, you know, like... I just I know for myself like I have no reason to make it up to make up a story. There's just I, I don't I, there's no reason for me to make it up, you know. So um, and it, I'm and nothing happened to me. Like everything was fine. Still, it just freaked me out. You know that yeah. that's why like I don't I, I know that I don't like dabbling in the the seance stuff. Like um, as silly as it is, and as much into horror as I am, my wife had wanted a Ouija board. Just like the Parker Brothers ones, and I yep. would I would not even let it in my house. I just said, There's- "Dude, I have one in my car." Um, I did a Ouija board when I was a kid with my mom's adult female friend, 
And I'm telling you, that sucker moved. And she kept saying to me, she kept thinking I moved it. And it's like, she kept saying, are you pushing this? Are you pushing this? And I'm like, no, I, I really wasn't. Man, I'm telling you, that thing moved. So, uh, you know, I, I have one in my car right now. I won't bring it into the house. I don't blame you. know you. what it's like being an adult messing with kids, though? Have a field day messing with my kids with one of them. Dude, I wouldn't mess with it. No way. I would like to do it. I would like to, like, uh, honestly. Just as someone you know, else's house. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to I do it at the hotel. The, the Crown Plaza is haunted. The, the Crown Plaza is haunted. The ladies' room in the Crown Plaza is haunted. I've talked to the people that work at the hotel. They don't talk about it too much. But the ladies' room, I've spoken to two members of the hotel staff, uh, one of which is in management, that saw an apparition in the ladies' room more than once, and uh, the ladies' room that's across from the ticket table. And apparently there's there's a floor above the 14th floor, which really isn't the 14th floor because they they don't have a 13th floor by number. So the 14th floor, the top floor is really the 13th floor. Um, but there's a, a floor above that that's like this maintenance floor where the air conditioners are and the heaters are and all these different, you know, things that, that the hotel, you know, needs um, and they have the, an elevator, like you have to put a key in to go up to that next floor. Um, and supposedly that floor is haunted. Uh, the workmen have had, uh, flashlights and tools. They'd be the only ones on the floor. They turn around, their drill would be missing. Their screwdriver would be missing, whatever it would be. They'd have to go, you know, leave the floor and go get another one of whatever it was. And then when they would come back, the item that they were looking for would be right back where it was. And uh, multiple maintenance people have reported that. And I've talked to one of them uh, who's on the maintenance crew, used to do uh, other things at the hotel instead. Uh, and he's told me about it. So the Crown Plaza is haunted. And I, I would love to do the Ouija board thing. And I would love to do it in the Crown Plaza. Um, so that, you know, as long as I don't bring the Ouija board home into my house, I think I'm safe. All right. So if you guys have ever messed with a Ouija board, let us know on the Monster Mania page or tweet at MonsterManiaCon at Rob Dimension. We would love to know. Uh, I am not a fan of, of that kind of stuff at all. I guess that's going to wrap it up for this week though. And, make and sure also you- I'm, I'm looking for an authentic medium. So if you're out there or you know one, and I mean authentic because there's going to be things that I want to find out and there's going to be certain ways that I can prove, you know, that I'll know that the person I'm talking to is really the person that I'm looking to speak to, um, certain things that that person would have to say that would acknowledge to me who they were. Uh, But if you know a medium or if you are a medium, uh, I'm going to be doing this research for, I think, the remainder of the year. Uh, you know, I, I'd like to do it for the next 12 months, I guess I'm saying. Um, I want to find out. So if somebody knows somebody or if you are one of those people, let me know. So you are looking to either believe or debunk. Yes. All right. That's well said. Make sure you check out monstermania.net 
for all your Monster Mania up to the minute uh, announcements and make sure you like and follow the Facebook page for Monster Mania Con as Dave and his crew are constantly adding new guests and all kinds of other events. Dave, I know a lot of people have asked, uh, are you going to be doing spooky films this year? Uh, I'm not 100% certain. It, it it depends on my work schedule and my regular job. Um, so it, it's all going to depend. Um, if we do, I already know one of the films I want to show. Uh, we always do like a Christmas horror theme. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to do that again, but uh, I'm not 100% certain yet. Okay, so fair enough. So people have been asking, so there's your answer. No answer yet. So uh, we will hopefully be back in about a week or so. And uh, I guess I'm, I'm just freaked out, man. I'm freaked out by all the, the spookiness. You know, it's after <laughs> Halloween. I should be thinking about Thanksgiving and, and eating and, and, uh, and, and Christmas. But instead, I'm sitting here thinking about, like, if I go to bed right now, like, is, is someone going to be, you know, am I going to feel a finger poke me? <laughs> right in the ass <laughs> alright guys or is it an alien <laughs> for, for Monster Media Radio I'm Rob Dimension I'm Dave Hagen I'm Doug Hagen and David Hagen and we will catch you on the other side literally Ooh.